Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's Travis Rasmussen. I'm John Hogue, and this is Super Flexible. And before anything else, our heartfelt condolences go out to our partner, our brother, James Catullus, and the rest of his family for their immense loss of James's sister. For obvious reasons, James isn't going to be available during these, these difficult times. But we do want James to know that he's missed, and we'd ask that you all send your thoughts and prayers for peace and comfort. James, we miss you. We're looking forward to getting you back again and seeing you smile again. Let's get started with some true or false, Travis. All right, true or false. So just a reminder for the listeners, this is kind of just go through the main hot topics right now and and decide if we agree or disagree with the statements relating to the players we all want to know about. Uh, first up, John, true or false? If your trade if your trade deadline has not passed yet, you must go buy Patrick Mahomes right now. I'm definitely going to say true on this one. The the one caveat is if you're still playing for the rest of this season, it you know if if you're headed to the playoffs, I don't know that you necessarily have anything to do with Patrick Mahomes, especially like in a redraft league. I think that he could have some value in a in a super flex league, but I I just don't trust the Kansas City Chiefs to do the right thing here. Um, but to me, that this is the time. This is where the, the the big mistake that so many NFL teams make is thinking that they have they still have a shot to get to the playoffs, and therefore we've got to stick with the with our mediocre quarterback and let him carry us there. And here's and the Chiefs are the prime example of this right now. Alex Smith is terrible right now. He's averaging a, a, a touchdown and an interception every single game for the last four games now. He is not a guy who is going to to help you make any kind of noise in the playoffs. So what's the point of even getting to the playoffs? That's that's my contention. So to me. This is a time for the Kansas City Chiefs to go to Patrick Mahomes. Maybe he surprises you and helps you and at least gives you a chance and gives you some unknown going into the playoffs and gives you some extra juice going into the playoffs where maybe you've got a chance to actually pull off an upset. But it, otherwise, I, but I, I don't think they're going to do that. And so for that reason, I think in a dynasty league, you you want to grab Patrick Mahomes because I do think – I strongly, strongly believe that he's going to be the guy next year. But for the rest of this season, I, j I don't trust him to do the right thing. What do you think? Yeah, I think that just the simple fact that the trade deadline, if it hasn't passed, is probably tomorrow being Thursday, right? Like mm -hmm. that week 13 is the latest I've seen any trade deadline. So if you want him, this is the time because I think there is a good chance he at least plays a little bit this year, but I, I I agree with everything else you said in that I don't think that I mean he's been he's been playing bad, but the Chiefs are first in their division still. And the reason they don't bench him is because the coaches need their jobs. And there's a better chance of them making the playoffs by starting Alex Smith than starting a, an unknown rookie. And 
I mean, maybe not. Maybe he, co- you know, he could obviously come out and just go balls out and and win some yeah. games. But the chances of that is less, right? So, yeah, they're thinking. You know, Andy Reid wants to keep his job. All of everybody wants to keep their job. So if they make the playoffs, they're a playoff team. They're not going to get fired because they're a playoff team, right? Like that's what they're thinking. So if they if can win a couple more and make the playoffs and then lose, they can start again next year. Right. If that's the message that the that the higher ups, the management, and the executive level in the Kansas City Chiefs uh, front office is sending, then they're the biggest the biggest problem right now. They're the ones screwing this up. I completely because, agree. And I think that you're right. I think that that's that that's not only what's going on in Kansas City, but I think that that's what tends to happen in every single front office in the NFL. Exactly. And the Kansas City Chiefs had the problem is that they've got a two game lead. They might even have three games on this on the LA Chargers, who by the way are going to win out. So you know it the the Chiefs have got would have to win at least two more games to hold off the Chargers, I believe, based on tiebreakers. I think that's where that one's at. But I I think that the Chargers are still going to win that division, and I think that the Chiefs are going to miss an opportunity here to, to take a look at Pat Mahomes, and I I think that their, that their priorities are just not straight right now. This is not, this is not a playoff team. It's definitely not a contender. I mean, all you're really setting yourself up to do under the guise of everybody keeps their jobs, you know, what what's actually going to happen here is you're going to go to the playoffs. You're going to lose at home in the first round. Baltimore is going to come in or Jacksonville or the Chargers themselves. One of those teams is going to come in and they're just going to mop up at Arrowhead they're just going to destroy you and you're going to go go into next season with Pat Mahomes having got gotten no reps as a rookie and being completely unknown you're not going to know what you've got you you don't know what you need to do in the draft to to start to build this offense around him you know all they're going off of is what he does in practice and that's not good enough you have got to get that guy on the field and if it means giving up on the playoffs, you do it. I to me, that's you. You do it right now. I'm. If I was a Kansas City Chiefs, I would not be interested in that first round exit from the playoffs. <laughs> Man, <laughs> did you, you have more to say on the Chiefs? <laughs> no, you just you are very passionate about Patrick Mahomes. We. <laughs> I am starting the podcast I, I off with a long. <laughs> long first segment <laughs> i know i don't know if you've noticed but when i get really passionate about mediocre quarterbacks uh, <clears throat> cam newton <laughs> well that that definitely uh i'm but also i i get really passionate about thinking in, in thinking outside the box you know thinking in in more logical than emotional ways and there's a lot of emotion behind going to the playoffs. That feels like a, a worthy goal, and to me, it's not. You know that that does it does you no good, right? But to, co- to coaches and GMs, it, it it is. 
and that's the problem with the NFL right now, right? Like, right. One of one of many, obviously, but yeah, like that's if they can do that, they get to keep their cushy job, and who doesn't want to keep their job? <laughs> like, it's as simple as that. <laughs> right. And that yeah. and that's the way the culture is set up right now. So, I mean, I completely agree with you, but I guess logically, like it make it depends on where you're you're coming from. Like, that's a logical thought process for for them in their minds the logical step yeah. is you, we need to make the playoffs. So yeah. anyways, <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on, uh, true or false, John Corey Davis will eventually be an elite wide receiver one in the NFL and is still a buy low. True. This is so absolutely true. I'm, I wrote about, uh, Corey Davis and Corey Coleman in this week's, um, dynasty hot routes, at dff dot or dynastyfootballfactory dot com, and this to me this is where this is a a mistake that so many fantasy football players are making. Ever since Odell Beckham Jr. and Mike Evans came into the league, and and immediately became top uh, top fantasy performers in their rookie year. Before that, it, it that never happened. We had to wait a couple years on A.J. Green and Des Bryant and Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson, and you go all the way back through time. Rookie wide receivers just didn't just just didn't perform that way, and uh, and but now we kind of expect all of them to. It's way too soon to bail on Corey Davis. He's absolutely you know we you go back to that that same philosophy. Give him a, till his year two maybe even his year three and he's absolutely going to be an elite receiver the other thing is i don't know what's going on with marcus Mariota, but his his touchdowns are way way down where you know he's been i heard a stat that he was throwing touchdown passes in his first two seasons it's something like a eight per like on eight percent of his passes were it's insanely t- were efficient touchdowns yeah yeah, and this year it's like well below the league average. Not to mention his own average. He's at somewhere around two percent right now. That's going to come up. Corey Davis is going to eventually. He's not there yet. <laughs> Richard Matthews is still the better wide receiver there. But oh god, he <laughs> uh, he Corey Davis is going to be the top option in an elite offense there. And uh, there are just a few things that, that need to be tweaked. Um, and I think that a big part of that is a, uh, a youth movement to Derrick Henry and Jonu Smith, too. But that's, that's a little bit in the weeds. But, yeah, I, to me, Corey Davis is absolutely going to be an elite wide receiver one. And if you can get him for anything less than the first overall pick in this 2018 rookie draft, you do it. What do you think? That last sentence was a little hot, but I agree with everything. <laughs> I agree with everything you said. And it was kind of like we were having a conversation off air about how there's like no patience in the Dynasty community anymore. And and I kind of went off a couple weeks ago about somebody selling Mike Williams for a late 2018 first. And I just – I don't get it. He was yeah. – you know, he was the 106 this year. And you're gonna sell them for the 110 next year? I just so yeah, people bail way too soon. 
he's for sure a buy low. If you can, app, I mean, if you if you can still get him, go get him. Yeah, completely absolutely. agree. Yep. So we did have one item further down here. You want to just hit on it now? I can read it to you. True or false? Marcus Mariota is not a top is not a top eight dynasty quarterback. Um, I hadn't thought too much about that one. Um, I might let you start on this one. See what you've got. I've got him at QB seven personally. So that he's sounds, sounds about he's right. right on that fringe, and I think that. He's obviously having a down year, but he's shown enough so far where I'm not panicking too hard. I think he's got the talent, and um, I, I think you know obviously what you were saying before about his efficiency. He he was so efficient his first two years, and now he's on the opposite end of that scale, right? Where before for for season one and season two for Mariota, we were everyone was screaming. Oh, regression's going to happen. Regression's going to come. His numbers are too efficient, and now it's the opposite end. Where now we're thinking positive regression's going to come. Right? Like, there's no way he's he's going to maintain this level of inefficiency at this point. So, uh, yeah, I guess my whole point is it's a bad stretch. I still think that. I mean, it's hard. You know, when when somebody's underperforming, it's hard to just hold your ground and be like, no, he's still top seven, right? But people before this season even had him at QB two or three or whatever. So I think people are losing faith, but I guess my whole thought process is I still think that he will be a you know, a career quarterback one. And so for Dynasty, you know, I think he's definitely a, a hold right now. You can't sell him. Yeah, I I think so too, and I think I probably have him without actually looking at my rankings because that would just wait, make way too much sense um, for me to speak intelligently to this. But I, instead, I'm just going to spitball it, and I'm going to say I'm pretty sure I've still got Marcus Mariota inside the top eight, probably somewhere around seven or eight. The one thing that kind of concerns me with Mariota is every single year we know going in that he's going to play J.J. Watt, Whitney, Merciless, and Jadavian Clowney twice. And he's going to play those Jaguars, Saxonville, plus Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye. He's going to play them twice. So, I mean, a quarter of his schedule is taken up by two monster defenses, you know, provided they're all healthy, of course. So I, I, I think that that's something to consider. At the end of the day, I don't believe in overreacting in Dynasty to one one season, uh, positive or negative. Uh, I I think that you can look for trends. I just don't know that there are any trends for us to to be looking at right now with Marcus Mariota. It's it's just a down year. Um, so yeah, I mean I I I'm not gonna move him down too much. I am, but yeah, I am a little bit concerned about the AFC South for him. Uh, Case Keenum will start rest of season and earn a starting job on another team next year and will be a stronghold and is a stronghold in Dynasty. So first of all, you got to start saying true or false, John. That's the whole, <laughs> nah, that's the whole I segment. I get that every week. <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm starting to lean towards believing this one, John. You might have to talk me off a ledge really? here. 
Yeah. Okay. I tweeted out when – I don't know. It was months ago at this point. Case Keenum's coaches over the last four years – I think it was four years. It was a long time ago. But anyways, it was Jeff Fisher. He's had Jeff Fisher as a coach for the last four years. Right. Is it possible that he's not as bad as we think he is? It, yeah, clearly. clearly. Clearly, right? That's You that, put that's him in the proven. right situation and give him some weapons and, and give him the opportunity. Right. And, I mean, here here we are talking about a dark horse MVP candidate. Whoa. <laughs> dark horse <laughs> you know, this would is, be this accurate. Is, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. He's not going to beat out Carson Wentz. No. But, I mean, this is the second best team in the NFL right at the moment. Man, every week you say you have some under the <laughs> under your breath comment that just blows me away. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> Case Keenum MVP <laughs> candidate. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> He's not going to win it, but dark horse. He's going to be in the conversation. No, but I, I – yeah, so I, I think I'm starting to think that he is one of those guys that will end up being a starter – on a team, right? Which isn't saying mm-hmm. a whole lot, but we all know that there's not enough good starting quarterbacks in the world to have 32, right? Like 32 good ones. And and there's always going to be a team needing a, a decent starting quarterback. And I think that so far he has proven that he is an above average NFL quarterback, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, better than a backup on a bad team if that makes sense right so yeah yeah i mean i'd hold him in a super flex you're not he's, he doesn't everyone he still has that value that when people thinking thinking of him of like oh that's just he's a nobody right mm-hmm. and he's not he's not a long-term asset this guy's not gonna be a, a, a core part of my team but in Superflex, I think I I think I'd hold him and and see what the situation is going in next year. Talk me off the ledge, John. Uh, no, I I I can't. I think that if anything, you're guilty here of uh, not going far enough with your hyperbole. Woo. The the one thing, the one, the only reason I'm going to say that this is false is the part where it says earn a starting job on another team next year. I'm not so sure about that. I think he might be back in Minnesota. I think he's got an excellent chance of being back in Minnesota next year. And wow. especially, I mean, if he takes them on the type of run that they're capable of, including, you know, uh, including uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs, including the Super Bowl, and they get to play, they play in the Super Bowl in front of their hometown crowd. I don't know how they could it, just just knowing the way that fan base works it's going to be whoever who the last quarterback to win a game for them is going to be the starting quarterback next year. And uh I think the Case Keenum has an excellent shot of being that guy um as long as he stays healthy. The only way I see this going any other direction is Case Keenum gets hurt Teddy Bridgewater comes in and leads them to a Super Bowl victory. Whoa! So, <laughs> I'm not saying that that's going to happen at all. Wow. But I'm saying wow. I, I, that's the way that you unseat Case Keenum, and I don't see that happening. 
So, yeah, I mean, I think that he's back with the Minnesota Vikings next year. And uh, I think that he goes into 2018 as a starter. Wow. It's yeah. it's definitely a possibility. I, I we, think that they have higher hopes for Bridgewater than, than maybe we do. And yeah, I mean, I think that you bring Bridgewater back. As the backup? I, yeah, yeah, at least at first. I and mean, then we've got a QB it, controversy the, week four next year. Right? Yeah, they're they're going to have Keenum on a short leash. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, after after what he's done, what, what is he? He's six and two, seven and two um, this year as a starter, and uh, I, I mean, he just gets better every week. I don't, I don't see us. I don't see a scenario that they're just going to run out of time. They're going to run out of games before he finally comes back down to earth. So, and not only that, I mean, we've seen this happen before. We've seen guys that looked like career backups just kind of turn into out of nowhere this is this is a really good quarterback you know we saw it with i mean russell wilson was drafted to be a a backup behind uh matt flynn in seattle um yeah we've we've rex grossman uh kurt warner like these are all guys who you know it just you just put them in the right situation and they and they thrive, and I that could easily be Case Keenum. All right, true or false? Blaine Goatbert <clears throat> will, <laughs> continues to play well the rest of season, and is the starting quarterback for Arizona going into twenty eighteen. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why not? Why not? I mean, he's the best quarterback on the roster. Thank you. They're they're gonna. I'm assuming that they're probably going to draft a rookie quarterback and they're going to want to start with a veteran next year. So, yeah, I'll go with him. But um, I I definitely recognize I'm not nearly as passionate about this one as you are, so I'm trying to keep this one brief for you. Yeah, and I think there might be a misunderstanding as to how passionate about about Blaine Gabbert that I am. <laughs> <laughs> My my entire the whole reason I mean you I changed his name to Goat Gopert yeah, <laughs> which is true comparatively to Drew Stanton that's my entire argument that's the whole reason I even became this passionate about Blaine Gabbert is the simple fact that he is significantly better than Drew Stanton and he should have gotten the start as as soon as Carson Palmer went down so so he's a he's the CPR goat. That's, that's Carson, right. <laughs> Carson Palmer replacement goat. Oh wow! I didn't even catch that. Yeah, but also <laughs> like reviving the team, right? CPR. Oh, nice! Uh-huh. Multiple cut. meanings. I like it. Yeah, cut that, that one. One's, out. That one's going in the super <laughs> flexible glossary. <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. So it's there's possible. I mean, he could earn that job for sure. And I agree. I really hope they draft a quarterback. I hope it's a first-round quarterback. I hope it's a top-ten quarterback. But I don't think it's going to be. Really? I think we're going <laughs> to sign, like, Alex Smith or... Blake. If you're going to do that, why not stick with Blaine Gabbert? I guess that's that's kind of my yeah. my approach to this question. That's I mean, that's a logical... 
the reasoning, right? But mm-hmm. it's an NFL franchise, so they're not going to think logically, probably. <laughs> I think I think they I think they draft like a third round quarterback. They re-sign Gabbert. They re-sign Stanton. Carson retires, and then they bring in some below average or average veteran to try to. I think they still think they're still in win now mode, you know. Right. And they're not. <laughs> so <laughs> this is another, just another example of a team that needs to accept where it's actually at. Right. Yep. Where best case scenario, you make it to the playoffs, and to what end? Yeah, I mean, you got Larry Fitz. You trade for Adrian Peterson. I mean, granted, that was before Palmer went down, but like they think this is their window. I don't. Hopefully, yeah. they, hopefully they don't still think that. Right. This season, but you got to think going into next season, Palmer leaving, Fitz leaving. They've got to realize that they're not winning next year, unless they get some rookie sensation that ends up being the next Deshaun Watson or something. Yeah. Which Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson was playing out of his mind, but their team still wasn't winning. You know, what I mean, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like they were this prolific top of the league team. I don't know. Anyways, long story short, he could very well be the starter, and I like, I like the underdog story. I like Blaine Gabbert comparatively to the other options on the team right now, and that's why I'm rooting for him. Um, but he's not the long term answer there. Yeah, agreed. All right, true or false. I got the got it right this time. <laughs> True or false? Marvin Jones is a legit wide receiver too for dynasty owners, and should not be considered a sell candidate. True or false? You said it twice. Damn it, now I said it too many times. <laughs> ah, this is so hard. <laughs> I'm going to go with false. Yep. I don't think I. I don't think I buy it. Mainly because he he's too inconsistent to be a, an every week wide receiver two for a dynasty team. Like you're not going to win if Marvin Jones is your wide receiver two. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. Being a team's wide receiver, a dynasty team's wide receiver two, obviously, is different than being a a fantasy a fantasy wide receiver two, right? Yeah, but I yeah, just, you want him to be a flex option. Right, not right. even a rubber stamp flex. You want him to be a flex consideration, right? But even then, like, oh, he's a flex option in good matchups. But right. everyone benched him this week, right? And he scored two touchdowns. So yeah. I guess that's my whole point: is he's one of those just random <laughs> guys that you're never <laughs> you're never gonna feel good about starting in anything but a flex. Um, and who knows what happens to that? receiver core next year so i don't i don't think he's like a core asset for a dynasty team i think that he would still be a a sell candidate for me if that yeah again like all of these items we're talking about now are assuming that anyone still has a trade deadline coming up uh, in the next day or two if you've got them and your trade deadline's passed then you know (laughs) this conversation doesn't help you at all (laughs) right My, my the one thing that i want to add as far as Marvin Jones goes, you know, look at that, look at that ridiculous catch that he made over Xavier Rhodes 
uh, for his his second touchdown of the of the day on Thanksgiving. Um, I mean, it was it was a an amazing catch by made by an amazing athlete. But why do you have to make so many of those acrobatic catches? It's because you're not getting separation, and it's not just because it was Xavier Rhodes. He has he he does this exact same thing regardless of the matchup. He can make those crazy catches, but that's not something that you can count on. What sets guys like Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, AJ Green, what sets those guys apart is their ability to to separate from their coverage rather than go up and make some ridiculous catch. I mean, they can all do that too, but it for them it all starts with getting open. They do that. And he does not. True or false, John? Amir Abdullah will forever be disappointing, will never be an RB1, and dynasty owners should sell on name value before it's too late. Uh, false. I think that the the talent is absolutely there. He just gets game scripted out of that out of that offense, and I don't think that it's going to be that way forever. So I'm going to say false. I think Amir Abdullah still has that RB1 upside. And uh, I would, I would hold. I don't think you're going to get anywhere close to, to uh, full value for him. Uh, Keenan Allen is a top eight dynasty wide receiver. True or false? False. But he's really, really good. <laughs> I've got him at wide. Yeah, rec- top eight is pretty, pretty yeah. uh, aggressive. There's so many good receivers. It's really just impossible. It's so hard to get him up that high. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, you go down to like wide receiver 30 and you're looking at freaking Crabtree and Sanders and you know it's like yeah for me for me at least so it's hard to get him up that high but I I do have him at wide receiver 9 in dynasty oh wow so okay. that might be higher than than some others but yeah I mean he's just he's shown it again this year in the last you know the last half at least he had a slow start but yeah, wide receiver nine for me. So false, but definitely hold and definitely consider uh, him as one of your your core dynasty assets on your team. In my opinion, uh, true or false? Austin Eckler is an every week flex in PPR leagues and is a strong hold in dynasty. I might be buying the hype, but I'm going true. I like this dude. Nice. He's yeah, dude. He's I mean, he's fun to watch. He's electric. He he does he makes a play almost every time he touches the ball. He's not getting the work right now, but uh, and obviously he's stuck behind Melvin Gordon, who's still there for a couple of years. But I I like him. I think that you can definitely flex him in PPR leagues. He's getting some passing down work, and he he's able to break off a long one anytime he touches it. Uh, true or false, Des Bryant owner should sell on name value because his days as an elite wide receiver one are over. I might go true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. I'm really, I've really been disheartened by Des lately. And, and he's obviously still an elite talent, but is he ever going to get the volume again? To, to produce like an elite wide receiver one. He's not this year, that's for sure. And he's what, 28? Is he 28? Mm, I think, that sounds right. I think he's 28, 28. 29. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I, It's hard. He definitely, he obviously could come back 
and, and be that touchdown machine again. But he's yet to do it with Dak, honestly, for an extended period of time. And the way they want to run that offense is is to lean on the running game. And he just he doesn't get the volume. And honestly, there's no other, you know, anytime he plays in a hard matchup, he's the only guy that they need to take out of the, the receiver core. So there's no one else to, to threaten the opposite side to, to try to clear up some of that, um, those targets for him. And so, I, yeah, it hurts, man. I, don't, I love Dez. He's one of my favorite players. But as far as fantasy elite wide receiver one, I think we might not see that again. We might. I, I'd love to hear your take on that one. I know we're in lightning round, but that's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to be honest. I've always felt like Des Bryant is a little overrated in PPR formats. He's very touchdown dependent. He's great at that. He uh, he can he he's a great end zone uh, weapon, but red zone weapon. But I I've never felt like he I've I've never viewed him as a wide receiver one. Um, just because you know it it's if he doesn't score, you're not getting wide receiver one numbers from him. And he doesn't score often enough to be a, a week in, week out wide receiver one. So so yeah, I'm, I think if you can sell on his name value, I think you do it. I will say that I think that this is definitely, I, I think that he could help win a league this year. So if you can get him cheap because of you know the fact that he's had he's in the middle of his like third straight down year then i think that you do it and help have him help you win a championship but beyond that i don't i don't have any expectations for him yeah so let me ask you i got a i got a trade offer in a dynasty league someone wanted to give me des for adam Thielen and a third no i didn't even think about it i didn't even think about yeah. it and i told him so it does not close I told him I don't even think I would do Thielen for Des in a third. Right. Like if you flip the third around, you know, and that's yeah, it's still not close. No. Right. Yeah. And so, you're getting, you're giving up, you're giving up the highest floor in fantasy football in Adam Thielen for one of the lowest floors for a wide receiver for a, for a must start wide receiver. You know, quote unquote must start wide receiver. Right. Des might have the lowest floor of all those guys, of all those rubber-stamped starter-type guys. Right, and you're losing a few years on top of it. Yeah, yep. So I guess that's just like where his, you know, my whole point is that's where his value is, and I I kind of agree with it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yep. All right, uh, next up, true or false, Ricky Seals-Jones is the tight end one in Arizona. And needs to be rostered and started in all tight end premium leagues. Uh, true to the first part. Um, I, you know, who knows what happens on the practice field, but clearly Blaine Gabbert spent a lot of time throwing footballs to Ricky Seals Jones um, while he was waiting for his opportunity. So, and there's a lot to be said for that. Every time a new quarterback takes over uh, the starting job. I'm always looking for the guy that he's always looking for. Um, who is who's been the guy who he has 
built that rapport with in practice. So yeah, I think that he's a tight end one in Arizona. Um, as far as rostered and started in tight end premium, I'm going to say not necessarily. Um, I, he's another guy who's very tight end or so far has been very touchdown dependent. And, uh, I don't know that I would want to chase that. Um, even in, especially in a tight end premium, you're looking for catches more than you're looking for, you know, touchdown upside. So yeah, I, uh, I'm going to say false to that second part. So I like how uh, this sequence worked out, <laughs> so, <laughs> and and I am I refuse to change it. I'm going to read this one to you and let you answer: true or false? Russell, the goat Wilson is John's new QB one. Oh, true, so true. I completely agree <laughs> with this statement all day, every day. This is the most <laughs> true statement on this whole list. Yeah, your your followers <laughs> deserve better, Travis. <laughs> They demand and they deserve better. Then what? The the QB two so far this year? What is he? This year? I I I don't know this year, but I don't know. I just made that I, up. I mean, he's up there somewhere, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's pretty high, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, so yeah. you wanted to let's not beat around the bush here. You wanted to have <laughs> Russell Wilson on this list. You have yeah. a, you have a point to make. Let's get to it. Um, my point is that it, no, he's not my quarterback one. Of and course, he is. I don't. I don't know that he's ever going to make it to quarterback one. Um, he, there's a chance, but I will say that I am very very nervous about this move. But Russell Wilson right now is climbing in my rankings. What? Um, I don't. I. I haven't decided for sure how high he's going to make it but right now and you were actually the one that shared uh some some comparisons to uh tom brady at the same age and it was very very similar and in fact some of statistically some of uh russell wilson's um stats are are superior to what tom brady was doing at the same age and that says a lot to me. It it also makes me kind of question um, Tom Brady a little bit, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> like I kind of look back on on Tom Brady, I and cannot he's, believe he's that. had some of the same problems that Russell Wilson has had of letting you down at inopportune times. And Russell Wilson has done that. Let's be clear. Russell Wilson has done that in his career. Eh. But with five games left in this 2017 fantasy season, it's looking like there's a good chance that Russell Wilson is going to put together a complete fantasy season and uh, with better, you know, if you you go off of the Tom Brady um, comparison, Russell Wilson might have even better uh, years ahead of him fantasy-wise and more consistent fantasy years ahead of him. Um, So for that reason, you know, based on the fact that, I, you know, I've got Carson Wentz ahead of him and I, and I, I stand by that, but I haven't seen Russell or I haven't seen what Carson Wentz is going to look like in five years. Um, but I, I think I have a better idea of what Russell Wilson is going to be in five years. So, um, yeah, he's, he's climbing my rankings and I really hope that he doesn't let me down on that. 
Wow. So let me ask you, where is he? Where is he in your rankings? Uh, oh, that's you don't have your rankings up during the podcast. Yeah, because that I'm would make too much him. sense. <laughs> I'm not gonna look him up. <laughs> he's he's in the top five at this point, and he wasn't. He wasn't previously. No, no, and he was he was a low end quarterback one for me, based on the fact that he was producing for half of a season. That's all it was. For the last three years, he's been giving you half of a season and doing it at a at an elite level and to me that's that doesn't do anything for me but that's fine but <laughs> yeah this this season though i mean it, it looks like we're turning a page here and we're gonna start getting consistent play from him um and it's not always gonna be elite necessarily but you're gonna get you know you're gonna consistently get 15 17 um, 19 fantasy points from him, which is good enough to be a easily a top five uh, dynasty quarterback. And there's still some room for him to climb if he keeps this up. I just wanted to point out that that that's happening, but I'm also very nervous about this. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that I am. You just made me the happiest man. <laughs> 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 also, I'm wanna, here for. I want to correct myself <laughs> earlier. Yeah, I want to correct myself earlier. He's currently the QB one for this year. Okay. Um, he's a full wow. 14 fantasy points ahead of Tom Brady, who's QB two. Oh, wait, wow. no, maybe let me let me not. Sorry, Carson Wentz is QB two. Oh, okay. That makes he more sense. Is 18 fantasy points ahead of Carson Wentz. Wow. Yeah, and that says a lot. So, also the big the totally, big thing for me is sorry, totally like not necessarily tied to that, but just super interesting. He is leading the NFL in pass attempts this year. That is crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. Russell yeah. Wilson? Yeah. And that's what it takes. That's the thing. And I mean, that's that's why he's. My theory is that's why he's doing what he's doing right now. They don't have a running game. Now they don't have a defense. They, you know, he doesn't have he doesn't have great protection. Um, but he's he's also kind of used to it. Right. <laughs> that is as sad a statement as that is. He's he's working with the protection that he does have, and he's making things happen when it breaks down. Um, he's used to throwing from outside the pocket on the run, and he's he's becoming pretty efficient with that. So, you know, as oh, long man. as they as as long as they game script for this, this is going to continue. This is going to be a trend, and he's and the other trend is going to be he's going to keep r- rising in my rankings. Can we just stay in this spot forever? <laughs> this 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 just like your environment. Yeah, this like ecosystem of you talking good things about Russell Wilson. Like, I feel like <laughs> me and you have never been closer, John. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the entire reason to do it, just to make this turn this into the Kumbaya podcast. Awesome, dude! I, I've said nice things about Russell Wilson. I just not on I, not I, on air. I, I, on Twitter, you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. In a one-on-one DM, yeah, 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 yeah. Secret <laughs> messages that you delete afterwards. 
All right, um, moving on. All right, let's get to some trades. And uh, this first one that we saw on Twitter is a Superflex Dynasty point per first down. That's a format we haven't talked a whole lot about. And uh, so the AJ Green owner is seven and four. Um, probably headed to the playoffs, I would assume. And uh, the Carlos Hyde owner is three and eight, and probably kind of in a rebuild type of situation. So, in this format, AJ Green in a late 2018 first to the rebuilding team for Carlos Hyde and a top two 2018 uh, rookie start or rookie pick. Yeah, I th- I went with the Carlos Hyde side on this one, uh, just thinking as a contender in a in a point per first down. Like point per first down is basically a standard league with a point for any any receiving or rushing first down, right? So mm-hmm. the the running backs score a heck of a lot more in that format than than receivers do. Um, hmm. So for a contender to get Carlos Hyde, who is you know a high volume productive running back and a top two pick for AJ in a first, I think I, I mean just value wise, I think that's the side I'd take even in a vacuum. Um, I know it's dynasty and wide receivers have a longer shelf life, but Green's twenty eight, and you're getting that number one or number two I mean for a chance at um, Saquon Barkley and Carlos Hyde like yeah give me that side man I think probably so too no seem, I, seem like I you want to disagree with me <laughs> I, I yeah I do and I mean I just have such a high value on on wide receivers I mean a lot of AJ Green's receptions you know and he's going to be close to 100 a year and a lot of them are going to be for first downs. Um, I don't. I don't know how much a point per first down is going to factor into this for me. I guess I think they're on a pretty level playing field, as far as that goes. I I think that running backs and receivers are generally pretty close. It, where that really comes into play is on quarterbacks, um, because they get you know three times as many as any other position well generally in, in a point per first down the quarterbacks don't get them for passing first downs oh really they only get them for for rushing first downs oh okay and okay. as far as i mean at least the only so the only point per first down league i play in is the scott fishbowl and hmm. so i can tell you in that league running backs score significantly more uh, than receivers. Because of first downs? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But, um, and then that number one or number two pick, I mean, I totally get your side of it for sure. And AJ has a good chance of being productive for a longer period of time than Carlos Hyde does. Yeah. Um, and and he's, he's a known quantity at this point. That's the big thing. That's why... You know, that's why when you talk about those top dynasty assets, um, typically the, you know, it, it starts with Odell Beckham and Mike Evans and Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott. But those guys, you know, and then in Superflex, you put in those quarterbacks in that, that top tier too. But the the 
that's why they end up with values of two, sometimes even three first round picks is because you know what you're getting with them. You don't know for sure what you're getting with that first round pick. Now, uh, we're we're pretty confident in what Saquon Barkley is going to do. We don't know for sure that this that that pick that comes with Carlos Hyde is going to be Saquon Barkley. We don't and we still don't know for sure what Saquon Barkley's going to end up being. We don't know what his situation is going to be. Maybe, you know, maybe it, he ends up in some stupid committee. That's entirely possible. There's injury risk. You know, there's so many things that can still happen that that makes that pick very volatile. And we saw it happen just in this past draft. You know, there there were a lot of guys who looked like slam dunks. But, I mean, now you would gladly trade, you know, A.J. Green and a, and a late 2018 first for, uh, or you would gladly trade, um, you know, Carlos Hyde and Dalvin Cook, uh, Christian McCaffrey. You know, you would you would trade those guys for AJ Green in a late 18 first easily. You know, the 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 appeal of the draft picks is just that we don't know what they're going to end up being. But I would submit that that makes them actually a little bit more treacherous. Um, and I so that's where I would rather have AJ Green. I know what I'm getting with him, and what I'm getting is a high end wide receiver one. And uh, so, yeah, I think so- I. So you, I, I I think I would probably take the green side of this even without that 2018 late first. Wow. So when you throw that in there, it it definitely tips the scale to for me. So you're saying that if if that you're saying you would trade Carlos Hyde and Dalvin Cook for AJ Green? Yes. I would not do that. Yeah. So <clears throat> what about Carlos Hyde and Christian McCaffrey? Because that's Again, the thing. If you've got the number two pick, that it could be Dalvin Cook. It could also be Christian McCaffrey. That was happening. Right. It could be Corey Davis. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I wouldn't trade Carlos Hyde and Corey Davis for A.J. Green. Right. And I think... What about Carlos Hyde and Joe Mixon? Or Mike that, Williams? Yeah, you know, that's that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's the whole point. Is is just that it's this this mystery box. You know, it it doesn't have a name or a face or uh, the ability to score touchdowns right at the moment. You know, it's just this is true, but it, that neither does the uh, the neither does the late first. So I mean, the fact that it's not producing now, I, I don't. know. I get what you're saying, but the the scoring format here really does a lot for me, and I, mm-hmm. and I. I see that it doesn't do as much for you, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, Carlos Hyde in a point per first down right now as a contender, I'd rather have that than AJ Green. Yeah, yeah, I could see, I could see that. Um, I think I might be with you there. Uh, I. And, I mean, there's, we also don't know rus- roster construction. This this trade, to me, actually doesn't make a ton of sense to, you know, the non-contender who's giving up that early pick. That's true. Um, I agree I, on that. 
I mean, I, I, I think that I would still want AJ Green, but I, I don't think that that that's the right price to be paying to get him. Um, especially if you're, if you're, you know, he's not going to do anything for you this year. He's going to be a year older. We don't know who his quarterback is going to be next year. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't love that situation, but I still in a vacuum, I, I like knowing what you've got with AJ Green. And I always, this is the other thing. This is a total preference thing, but I always lean towards wide receivers because there's so much variance from year to year in the running backs. So, you know, they, they're much more prone to injuries and just inconsistent play. Um, and they're, they're way more, dependent on their situation and the team around them so um you know i just because of the fact that i you know i don't know where carlos hyde is going to be i don't know who that pick is going to be or where they're going to be playing there there's just so much unknown on the hyde side of that that i'm going to stick with aj green and take what what i know i'm going to get from him uh next one a 16 team dynasty 0.5 0.5 PPR uh, with a quarterback and a super flex. Amari Cooper and Dalvin Cook or a, or 2018's 1.01. I'd go with the Cooper-Cook side. Yeah, agreed. And it looks and it, like most of Twitter agreed. Yeah. It is worth the conversation, though, I think, in that if, if it's actually 100% guaranteed that it's the 101... Mm-hmm. It depends on how much of a Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley truther you are, right? Like, yeah, I, I could see somebody taking that that end of the deal if they thought that it for sure would be Barkley. Um, and I'm yeah. not. I'm kind of down on Cooper, honestly. I think I was going to bring that up earlier, but we didn't get to it. Um, I've got Amari Cooper down at Dynasty wide receiver fifteen. <laughs> Yeah, which Wait, might be high at this point. You think? Maybe. Maybe. Man, he was he was a first round pick for a lot of people this year in startups. Yep. So Yeah. I mean And it's it's tough to keep him up there. Yeah. I, it I, is. I've said it before, I don't want to overreact to one season, but man, he's been bad this this one <laughs> <Yeah>. season. <laughs> so yeah. so and my, my a point... ton of drops too, you know? It's it's not just bad luck. He's dropping the football. Yeah, yeah. And so my point in saying that is even if Cooper wasn't part of the deal, it would still be a conversation for me like Dalvin Cook versus Saquon Barkley, Mm -hmm. which may sound silly to a lot of Barkley truthers, right? But Cook's Cook's proven it in the NFL already, and Barkley hasn't. And and, and he's already in a situation where where we know – they'll lean on that dude, right? Like we yeah. don't like you were saying earlier, like we don't know what team he's gonna go to, we don't know what role he's gonna have. Obviously you'd think if Barkley's gonna be a first round running back in the NFL, a team's gonna take him to use him as a bell cow. So I mean there's a certain um safety in in that and you know the the probability of, of him coming into a large workload, but Cook has shown it and so even even Cook versus Barkley straight up would be a conversation for me. I think honestly, I 
I probably, I don't know, it's, it's tough because obviously you're assuming a lot more risk with the 101 than you are with Delvin Cook, even though he's only proven it for four or five games or whatever it was, he's still done it. Um, so, yeah. and, and keep I think in mind I'd too, still go Barkley. I think I'd still go 101 versus re- Cook straight up, but then you factor in Cooper in a 16-team half PPR. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're still getting a wide receiver too. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Yeah, I keep in mind too. This time last year, we were talking the same way about Dalvin Cook that we were that we're talking about Saquon Barkley right now, and before that, we were talking about Leonard Fournette that way that he was going to be the generational talent, and it wasn't that long ago, you know, before this college season started, where you know we were talking about Saquon Barkley being, you know, he was going to come into the NFL and set the world on fire, but we weren't sure is he necessarily better than Darius Geis. We we just talk about these these rookie classes with a ton of hyperbole, and as right. soon as they get to the NFL, the 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 sheen and the luster immediately is taken off of them. So I I I don't know for sure that Saquon Barkley is going to be a better pro than Dalvin Cook. So I'm with you. That's I true. think that that's a conversation for sure. And I'm old enough to remember when. Nick Chubb was the 101. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying there. I mean, we are close to the offseason, so it seems like a safer bet now, but, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah, so, again, I mean, Saquon Barkley won't necessarily be the 101, and even even if that does hold up, I mean, it's still – we don't even know where these guys are going to land yet, so it's just way too soon to to put them over those proven quantities again um next one ppr super flex with a tight end premium it's a 14 team league which side do you want do you want deshaun watson uh deontay foreman and a uh what's projected to be a 2018 late first and a 2019 second or do you want kareem hunt and Jacoby Brissett. So for me, this isn't even really that close. It's the first side. Yep. Super flex to get Deshaun Watson over Jacoby Brissett is not even... That's silly. And then (laughs) you get Foreman, an 18 late first, and a 19... The 19 seconds garbage, whatever. But, I mean, the value... Yeah, the value difference between Watson and set is so ridiculous that it more than makes up for the difference between Foreman and the late first uh, for Kareem Hunt, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, especially when we're not totally sure what Kareem Hunt is yet. Right. So, and even and this was just for clarity. This was this trade was before this last weekend, so he mm-hmm. only, he's only had like six bad games in a row <laughs> instead right. of seven, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even if this was two weeks ago, you'd still be... I I think the conversation would still be the same. Yeah. Yeah, to where I kind of think that Jacoby Brissett is basically making up the difference between Kareem Hunt and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's garbage. Yeah. And then so from there, you're just getting... On top of that, you know, on top of an already fair trade, you're also getting Deontay Foreman and a first-round pick. And then... 
you know, at some point you'll have a 2019 to second to deal with. <laughs> right. You could whatever. also look at it like, would you rather have in Superflex Dynasty Deshaun Watson or Kareem Hunt? Yeah. Right? Like those two are probably the closest to assets in, in value. Yeah. So even if even if you call those two a wash, which I don't – I mean they're close, but I don't – I think I'd still have Watson. In a Superflex, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. But even if you call those two a wash for trade value, then you're paying Foreman an 18 first and a 19 second for Jacoby Brissett? Right. <laughs> yeah, no thank you. Yeah, who may or may not be a starter in the NFL next right. year and right. right now lean towards not. So. Right. Yep. All right, next one. 12-team PPR super flex with different scoring for each position. Half point PPR for running backs, full PPR for wide receiver, and 1.5 four tight ends and almost none of that matters <laughs> <laughs> because it's straight up jared goff for christian mccaffrey christian mccaffrey in a half point ppr versus jared goff in a super flex <laughs> yeah so, um so uh, the the this is kind of interesting because twitter has this at 62 percent for the mccaffrey side and I think I'd go the golf side. Yeah, for me, it's easily golf. I don't That's know where. Super interesting. This... Yeah. 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 Um, I, part of it is I don't think he got enough votes here. He only got forty-five votes. I think if he if you added another hundred on there, I think that golf would have ran away with it. Um. <sighs> but yeah, for me, it's easily golf. Um, for so many reasons. The only way McCaffrey becomes much of a consideration in this is if whatever platform you're playing on, I assume it's MFL um, because, you know, he tagged my fantasy league. So in, in uh, MFL, if they gave a wide receiver designation to Christian McCaffrey, because he runs from the slot more often than he lines up in the backfield, then it changes things a little bit. But I, I mean, I think it would still be Goff, but I'd at least think about it. But if he's only getting 0.5 PPR in, you know, which is his superpower is catching the catching the damn ball, you <laughs> right. know, all that really does is drops his uh, his value like pretty significantly. Yeah, and I and I thought this one was interesting too because I think I'm generally lower on Goff than most. Yeah. And and I'd still take the golf side, and maybe that just means I'm really souring on McCaffrey. But yeah, I don't think it's necessarily close for me. All right, one more trade this week: a PPR Superflex Dynasty. Who wins, Jameis Winston and 2018 1.03? I have no idea how they know that. <laughs> we'll call it a projection <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Or Matt Ryan, Jarvis Landry, and a 2018 third. Mm, I got to think, John, you go. Ugh, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after everything that I just said um, about, you know, the unknown of a, of a draft pick, I think 1.03, let me preface this by saying, I think that the that 1.03 or that early 2018 first is by far the most valuable asset 
in this entire trade. Wow. Jarvis Landry's a free agent after the season. Who knows where he's going to land. That's true. And I've never been a fan of Jarvis Landry's anyways. Yeah, I've never been a super fan, but in PPR... Yeah, he definitely cleans up in PPR. He just... He catches a lot of long handoffs, essentially. You know? <laughs> I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, but they still count for points. <laughs> it, it, it does. <laughs> it, it definitely does. But I'll, I, I'll it's take a, I'll Danny take a, Woodhead, you know. Yeah, I'll take a ten for sixty day any day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I don't know, and I'm so, I'm like, I'm lower. I'm, man, this is hard. <laughs> I think, like Jameis Winston and Matt Ryan, I'm not thrilled Kinda about either one out, of those right? guys. Yeah, like yeah, I think yeah. you go Winston just based on youth and upside. Like we kind of know what Ryan is at this point. Mm-hmm. But so then yeah. I mean, you're you're doing eighteen two thousand eighteen one hundred three for Landry and a third. <sighs> I'd probably go the Winston side. I'll probably take yeah. I'll probably take Winston and the 103. Yeah, it's I think close so too. though. I I mean I I think that part of my issue with the the Matt Ryan side is you're taking on Matt Ryan and Jarvis Landry, two guys who are you know they're not great starting options. Their value isn't high enough to really fetch much of anything in a trade. That to me that's why 1.03 is so so much more valuable. You've got a lot that you can do with that. You can make the pick and see what happens. You can just as easily trade it for something quite a bit better than either of those guys. So I think that's where where I'm coming down on this more than anything. You're just kind of taking on some bench fodder to me. I know Jarvis Landry is slightly more than that, but Matt Ryan's not. Not necessarily. He's, he's He's a super flex. He's not a QB one, not anymore. I don't think. Right. There it is. All right, let's move on to your nuts. <laughs> I, I should really work on the phrasing there. <laughs> let's get to your nuts. Same nope, thing. That's not nope. better. <laughs> that's not any better. I get nuts. What are you nuts? Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. You're all nuts. All right, so let's start with uh, last week, how we did. James did make a pick, so we'll go over his for for him real quick. He had Paxton Lynch starting and leading the Broncos to victory in Oakland. He was partially right. Paxton Lynch did start. Yep, he played almost three quarters, (laughs) but they lost. And it was an injury, so... yeah. But, but I will, they, I will they tell were, you, they were he getting would not, out. Yeah, he would not have won that game. No. Trevor Simeon yeah. came in and threw two touchdowns, and that's the only reason that score looks the way it does. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they they did have a chance to win that game, and it would have had absolutely the, – the only reason that Paxton Lynch would get any credit for that is because he hurt his ankle and got out of the way and let the big boys do their thing. <laughs> the big boys. So I had Alex Smith. Oh, man. 
<laughs> with that with that crazy Chiefs team, man. He he did not have a bounce back game. I had him for three fifty and four. He ended up with one ninety nine and one, so about half. <laughs> not good, not good. And I had the Chargers shutting out the Cowboys in Dallas. Didn't quite happen. Dallas did manage a rushing touchdown. I believe they missed the extra point. They did. Lost 28-6. to six. <laughs> So the, the process was right. It was just, you know, you pointed out how hard it is to shut out an NFL team. And I think you were right on. Especially, you know, you you get late in the game and, you know, the the it's already wrapped up for the Chargers and uh, they're kind of in cruise control and Dallas is trying to avoid a shutout at home and you know there's there's just enough momentum there to get Dallas into the end zone so it, it is it's really tough to shut out a team but uh, Dallas is a team that can be shut out and the Chargers are going I do believe that the Chargers are going to shut out some teams on their way to the playoffs hmm so let's get into that's not my bold prediction for this week, by the way. <laughs> but let's talk about ours for this week. Um, James did not make any picks this week, um, but understandably so. Uh, so we'll just skip right to you, Travis. All right. So this week I've got Dak Prescott with a bounce back game. You are a sucker for the bounce back. I know I am. I so am. <laughs> I love the underdog story. And I, I like the idea of not giving up on a player after a couple bad games. So here we are. Dak Prescott, 280 yards, very specifically chosen, 280 <laughs> yards, and three touchdowns next week against Washington. Neither of which he's done yet this season, correct? No, he, he's had three touchdown games. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's, he hasn't thrown for 280 yet, though. His his season high is 268, 260 something. In week that's amazing. One. That's amazing that the hard part is 280 yards. Three yeah. touchdowns, no problem. <laughs> but 280 yep. yards? Are you kidding me? Do you know how far that is? <laughs> it's like 720 feet, son. All wow, right. You can do math. I think I got that wrong. <laughs> <Actually>. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's right, but <laughs> anyways, yeah, you're nuts. I mean, the fact that he hasn't thrown for 280 yards yet this season already tells you enough. His top wide receiver, Des Bryant, is going to be matched up on Josh Norman. This is, I mean, it's not a great Washington defense, but it's not bad either. It's definitely better than some of the defenses that Dak Prescott has failed to throw for 280 yards against so far this season. So, yeah, you're you're nuts. There's no way Dak Prescott does this. Um, I, uh, I would love to see a bounce back as well, but it's not coming just yet. We'll see. He's had five three-touchdown games this year despite his uh, recent fall-off. Yeah. So that part is definitely doable. And that's total touchdowns, by the way, including rushing touchdowns. 
Oh, so you just changed it just now. Okay. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, it's all right. You're still nuts. Uh, Check the doc. Did I say three passing touchdowns? Or did I just say (laughs) three touchdowns? (laughs) 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 So I scared you off of that one, and you left yourself an opening. But that's that's not at all what happened. This was the way it was in the doc from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and you wrote it that way so you have an escape hatch but that's that's fine because that's not the part that i'm disputing 218 yards when he's failed to do it all season that's the part that makes you completely nuts three touchdowns is unlikely but doable so you're gonna 280 yards he hasn't done it so you're gonna give me 218 yards then (laughs) yeah i'm not letting you change this anymore you said 218 (laughs) did i yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> two, 280 it's i'll it's take 280 I'm re- <laughs> i mean right, i won't do right, that right. either but i'm not let's gonna... go on to yours let's go on to yours because right. yours is by far the more the most interesting uh yeah mine is fun mine is awesome i've got josh gordon in his first game back in uh, he played in the preseason in 2016, so let's not act no, like he's been just sitting on the couch. I think it's been 17 years since he's played an NFL snap. <laughs> Something like that. But when he did, he was amazing. And I believe that he's the Bobby Fisher of the NFL. So Josh Gordon, 120 yards and two touchdowns in his return. This is not part of my prediction, but I think that that's going to be the trend for the rest of the season before he gets suspended for two more years <laughs> wow that's messed up dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the legend grows anyways as far as next week there's there's no freaking way that he comes back in his first game in three years that's not an exaggeration it might be a little bit but pretty darn close to three years yeah and has 120 receiving yards and two touchdowns on the browns I don't even I don't even need to go into it any more than that. That's nuts. They're also on the road against the Chargers, who to <laughs> me is is I'm I I keep just barely avoiding going way too far with these statements, way over the top with these statements, but the Chargers have an extremely good defense right at the moment. So this one wasn't really well thought out, but I'm sticking with it because Josh Gordon is the myth, the legend. And our last segment, Super Streakers. We're good, streaky! So we're looking for a quarterback to consider here in week 13. uh, A quarterback that we believe will pass for 250 yards um, and uh, keep our streaks going in the Super Flex Super Streak Challenge. Um, These quarterbacks can only be used once per season. Um, but if you haven't used these guys yet, here are a couple names for you to consider. All right, this week I went with my boy, I just can't quit you, Alex Smith. Um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> he this let is me, so sad. I know. He let me down last week on my bull prediction. He threw for 199. This, this offense is just, it's just bewildering. I don't understand what's going on. It's probably just that Smith isn't very good. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> probably the 
the uh, the reason for the offensive woes. But I'm gonna give him one more shot. He's playing the Jets. Uh, <laughs> it's like an abusive relationship. <laughs> you kind of have Stockholm syndrome with uh, Alex Smith, and uh, to a slightly lesser degree, you know Dak why? Prescott. Like I thought. I was so excited <laughs> when Alex Smith just was going bonkers, and I just, I, I, it, it hurts me to see what's happening now. I was so stoked, but I think he's gonna come back, man. Two fifty, even if he doesn't throw a touchdown, that's still an Alex Smith game. Two fifty and zero. That's that's definitely something that Alex Smith is capable of. So. <laughs> We're gonna go. We're gonna go with that. Uh, this, uh, this Jets defense, by the way, is uh, getting quite a bit better. They yeah. did allow thirty-five points to the to the Carolina Panthers, but Cam Newton only threw for one hundred and sixty-eight yards. That's the best quarterback in the history of the world, and he only passed for one hundred and sixty-eight yards. Wow. <laughs> Uh, more hyperbole. I can't stop. I'm now. not even gonna. I'm not even <laughs> gonna go there. All right, and I've got Blake Bortles at home against the Indianapolis Colts, who have uh, mm. just a bunch of cardboard cutouts basically in their defensive secondary at this point. So I know it's Blake Bortles, but he can he he can pass on this secondary. Trust me, anybody can. The question is going to be how much does he need to, but I think he can get to 250 um, before the uh, the route is completely on. That's gross. Yeah, trust me. Week 13 gets a little gross um, on the streaks. But that's going to do it for this episode, and as we wrap it up, we do want to ask you uh, for a couple favors. First of all, again, thoughts and prayers, if you would, please, to our to our partner, and our friend and our brother James Catullus and the entire Catullus family um, as they deal with their uh, their hard times. And if you could do us a quick favor and rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Podbean, those ratings and those reviews go such a long ways to helping us improve the content and improve our reach. And in the meantime, you can follow Travis on Twitter at TravisNFL, and uh, I'm at DFF Dynasty Dude. You can also follow the podcast at Superflex Pod and send us your trades at Superflex Trades so that we can help you get more votes and get more insight and uh, get a little bit more advice. Also follow Dynasty Football Factory on Twitter at DFF underscore Dynasty to keep up with all of the written and audio content coming from the Dynasty Football Factory, the DFF Army, and follow the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore Network for all the great podcasts. Um, you can follow each of those individual podcasts as well, and you should you should uh, definitely give them all a listen. The Fantasy Football Fellas helping you with your redraft, start, sits, waiver wire and trades in season the dynasty war zone keeping you going for your uh, your dynasty leagues with all of the decisions that you'll be making for this season and beyond the idp edge crushers talking defense and helping you set those those idp lineups 
the Devi Watch podcast. Those guys, those guys are right now are providing quite possibly the most useful content um, possible for the Dynasty football uh, community. Whether you're in a Devi league or not, the Devi the Devi Watch guys are keeping you updated on all of the college football, uh, all of the prospects who are going to be coming out into the NFL next season. And Capology 101, talking about current NFL players and their contract situations, which, as we all know, can have a huge effect on the 2018 and beyond NFL landscape. And coming soon, the Dynasty Trades headquarters and uh, talking about all the various trades in all the various formats like we already do, uh, but they're going to hit so many more trades on a weekly basis. So you're definitely going to want to check out all of those great podcasts. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction, for our intro and outro music. That's going to do it for us for this week. So until next week, best of luck in week 13. Bye.